Welcome to the Modern Creative Podcast. Listen in as we connect with other creative entrepreneurs and have real conversations about life, business, and everything in between. Owning a creative business doesn't have to be confusing or overwhelming, and you don't have to go at it alone. It's absolutely possible to be successful as a modern creative, and we want to help you to go after your own creative dreams. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Modern Creative Podcast. Today we'll be chatting about increasing your pricing. We have a guest speaker on today who I'm so excited about. You've heard her name many, many times before. I've literally seen this boss lady increase her prices and exponentially grow her business. And it's been so inspiring to watch. This is also the first time we're welcoming a guest speaker who we've had on before. So without further ado, let's jump into this juicy episode. Okay, now I'm like, who's guessing? Are they getting it right? Let's see if they've guessed the guest right. <laughs> but then if they looked at the title, they know because today we have Sheena with us from Curvy Calligraphy. Woo! Ricky guest. Yeah. I know. Glitter bombs and sparkle and just all of the things because we give you the Sheena shout outs and Sheena's even like, can you spot the Sheena shout outs in her own stories? But yes, Sheena's here for round number two. Yes, Welcome. the Sheena shout outs are like an awesome game. I love it. Find Waldo. Where's Waldo? (laughs) Do they still make those? I don't know, but I would love to be hired to make a a watercolor Where's Waldo book. Oh, okay. Tangent. I just heard about a company that will make you a custom Where's Waldo style book, but you can put a dog in it and you can (gasps) choose like the kind of dog. So it matches your dog. Oh my gosh. Hold on. We got to pause this. That's a good tangent, right? Okay. Where's Waldo dog? I'll send you guys oh. the link. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Cause we should each get it. Well, you guys would have to have multiple books because you have multiple dogs. I yeah. I would do it. Um, well, <laughs> we're going to put that in the show notes where, so in case you have a dog, does it apply to cats too? If you have an animal, you can have the where's Waldo book. And if you don't know what where's Waldo is, you're really young. So we are talking about <laughs> pricing today and <laughs> Like serious note, right? A little bit more serious, not really serious, but pricing in general. It is a scary topic for most creatives because, you know, we're not told what we're worth. Like when you have a job, you know, you're told like, this is your salary. You can negotiate it, but you're kind of told that baseline, right? So we, as creative entrepreneurs, we get to decide like what something is worth, obviously, after you do some research. So Sheena, I just want you to share a little bit more about what your journey was like when you started, when it came to like determining your baseline prices. Yeah. And I completely agree with you there. The pricing is so, so scary because it's unknown and it's also so tied to your self-perception and worth. At least it can be when it comes to creatives you know, selling our heart and soul, right? What we create out of our own two hands. So it's just one of those topics. I think it plagues everyone. So you're not alone out there if pricing like makes you go into, you know, an upset panic. Um, And I say that because I totally understand, like I totally remember feeling that myself. And I wanted to talk specifically about my calligraphy course. It's called Modern Calligraphy 101. And I came out with it at the end of 2017. And I was looking around to like, okay, how do I price something like this? Like it's a course that teaches people how to do calligraphy. I know how much work I put into it, but like, what are people going to pay for this? You know? So I kind of looked around at the market, what other people were charging. I was thinking like, okay, maybe $97, you know, 
I don't know if people are going to pay that. That's kind of, it's a little bit more expensive than what others are doing. It's a little bit cheaper, but I actually, I kind of pushed myself into an uncomfortable zone and I charged $147 when I first came out with it, which is so funny now because of what I'm charging now. (laughs) So I started at $147, had a great response, you know, like still felt super uncomfortable about that. Like that's a lot of money. I don't know if anybody's you know, kind of come back at me with like, this is not good enough, but you know, it went well. So the next time I launched it, I increased that price to 167, a whole $20 increase. <laughs> I was like waiting for I know. a different number. <laughs> it took so long. And this is like part of it too is, you know, no one gets pricing perfect from the very beginning. Like it's totally a journey and it's so individual which is another reason why it's so nerve wracking because you can't find just like clear concrete answers out there. But I went from 147 to 167 to 177 to 187. And I just kind of slowly increased the price like little by little, you know, every time I launched it. But here's where the huge change came. I joined a group coaching program. I ended up talking to a woman in there who was like, her expertise was premium pricing. It was like making a premium brand and premium pricing. And she was like, you need to charge $397. If people are going to pay like $200 and something, which I was thinking of doing, she's like, they'll pay $397. And I was just, what? If people will pay $247, they'll pay $397? Like, that doesn't make sense. But I did it. And holy cow, the changes were so massive. So I started out at $147. I went to $397. And now I just increased it to $497. Same program. I mean, I've added some stuff here and there, but let me tell you what happened. (laughs) Um, You know, I had all those fears of like, oh my God, nobody's going to buy it. People are going to like send me hate mail saying, how dare you charge this much? But what happened was the quality of students that I attracted increased. I mean, I had amazing students before, but like when the price was higher, it was people who were really committed and willing to invest in themselves to like really learn this thing. So they showed up in my course, in my community, submitting projects, being active. Um, I showed up in a totally different way. Because I mean, to me, I'm like, okay, I'm selling this premium thing. Like I gotta be really good. Like, you know, I gotta believe in myself. The results were so amazing. I just even more amazing, just student testimonials, students learning really quickly and then going out and like starting side hustles and starting to sell their work. Those kinds of stories, just I got more and more of those. So my faith in my program increased so, so much. I ended up hiring a teacher's assistant to be in there to make the program even better, you know, because I was like, okay, we're getting these kinds of results. I wonder what even more amazing results we can get. And that just leveled up the course even more. So now we have a super active Facebook community. We have amazing student testimonials. Like people are getting amazing results. And I'm making more money than ever. I have more sales than ever when I was selling it at the cheaper price at 147 I love that so much. And my biggest takeaway from this, Sheena, and I've, I've gone through some of this journey with you about pricing. So I'm glad like I'm just glad to see that you've just embraced the pricing increases, but you won't know until you try it. And Sheena just, she, she put it out there, the initial course, right? She put it out there and she kind of, she tested the waters and then she increased a little bit. And I feel like a lot of creatives get stuck in this 
I don't know, cycle of like analysis paralysis and don't even put it out there. So if you're in that stage, person who's listening, I hope that Sheena's example of her just increasing the price, like, I don't know, I hope it motivates you to at least put it out there, get that initial price, that feeler, whatnot out so that you can then start to make decisions based on data. Oh my gosh. I'm so like a slow clap right now. I'm just like (laughs) soaking it in. But I do want to, okay, I want to, I want to hear all about the wins, you know, and all the sexy things, but I also want to just pull it back just a little bit because I think you've said so many good things. And I just want to take a moment to recognize people who are like, wow, like, you know, cause we, we speak to our audience members who are like, good for you. <laughs> you know, like, I'm sure you have that too, Sheena, where you're like, good for you, Sheena, like go you. But let's talk a little bit more about those fears because I think there's a lot of stuff there, a lot of good stuff that you were able to uncover before stepping into, you know, this premium price. And um, you did mention coaching, which I really love. I, I totally agree with you. I also increased my prices after I had a coaching session. So for people who are, you know, non-believers or skeptical about coaching, I, oh my gosh, like there's testimonials, actually all three of us right over here are great testimonies of that. But can you chat a little bit about that? Because even when she approached your coach, approached you about that 397 premium price when you were at the 200, I think under 200 mark or whatever, right? Is mm-hmm. that where you were? Yeah. Okay. Like, tell us all about the fears that were going through your mind and how you kind of decided to ignore them and take your coach's advice. So the fears were totally real. <laughs> I totally, totally get what you're saying. Um, And that, you know, just listening to that story, you're like, oh, great. Yeah. Good for you, Sheena, you magical unicorn. Like you were able to do that. Like, not me. And I just want to say like, oh my God, I was paralyzed with fear. The fears were totally there. And just kind of looking back at it, I think I can kind of break it down into like kind of three main fears that I can remember just like whizzing around in my head that kind of were terrifying. And the first one was that, oh my God, what are people going to (laughs) say? Like, are people going to like look at those prices and complain? Or, you know, oh, look at that. She's like grabbing for money. Look at her. How dare she raise her prices? I just had this fear that people would see it and say and think nasty, bad things about me. And guess what? It didn't happen. Um, but that fear was absolutely real. And I, you know, of course have no idea what people are saying, kind of were saying to themselves or in the background, but I did not get a single email or comment or anything that was like, your prices are too high. How dare you? Like Mm -hmm. that was all just in my head. So, and I feel like a lot of creatives, that is kind of the fear, right? Of one person coming out and saying like, that's a little pricey. And I just, if I can, I wanted to share a story Um, I have an 11-year-old stepdaughter. She went out and like did her own lemonade stand recently. It was super cute. She like made lemonade and she was selling it. And she was selling lemonade for a dollar a cup. And she came came running back in going, I have to lower my prices. This man said that my lemonade is too pricey. And so she was going to cut it down to like like 50 cents, you know, a cup. Right? I know. And I'm like, oh, that man. But I had to stop her and be like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. How many people said your lemonade is too pricey? Oh, just one guy. Okay. How many other people have you sold to? Oh, like 20 others maybe? Okay. (laughs) So maybe you don't listen to the one guy who like told you your prices are too expensive. And I feel like when you look at that example, you can look at that and be like, little girl, don't lower your prices. That's just one man. (laughs) 
<laughs> but then when it happens to you, you're like, oh, oh my God, oh no. You know, mm. people think my prices are too high. I, I better lower it because one person said something. And I just want to point out, you should not be booking or selling 100% of your inquiries or, you know, prospects. Like I heard that the other day and was like, oh, that totally makes sense. If you're booking 100% of the people who inquire with you, your prices are too low. Like it's, you yes. can look at it as just an indicator that like, you know, you can raise your prices a bit. If every single person who asks with you is like, oh yeah, I'll do it. That's totally cheap. Your prices are probably too low. So I've heard something like 15 to 20%. If you get sort of turned down because of pricing due to 15, like from 15 to 20% of inquiries, that's actually okay. It's actually an indication that like your pricing might be kind of right in the right range. Now, if you're getting more than that, like half of your people who are inquiring and going, that's a little too high, then, you know, maybe you do a little research or like looking into your market or, you know, asking your customers like what that proper pricing should be. But just because you get a few people who say that your pricing is too high, that's not a reason to like be afraid to raise those prices. I love that you shared that story and the man and the whole like 100% booking, right? We've said that a few times and Diana and I addressed that in our rejection episode where we get rejected. So we're, we'll link that in the show notes just in case you want to listen to it. But that's um, really something that is important, the 100% versus whatever percent in terms of your booking. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, Sheena. Yeah. And I also do want to say that the percentage probably changes depending on what kind of service or probably service that you're providing. Because if you literally have like limited time and, you know, you have like the online course is like exponential, like multiple people can buy it. But if you have like, right. if you're a photographer, you're going on site, obviously that's kind of like more of my business. Your percentage can be higher. So I just wanted to plug that in there because my percentage is higher for um, the rejection, but it's really because we have limited number of places that we can be on the spot. So I just wanted to say that for people who are, you know, going out there and, and providing like in-person services. But you're killing it, Diana, right? So like, <laughs> that's not an indication that your prices are too high. I, yeah, I don't I, think. I'm very proud of my high turnover. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a premium product, yo. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to say like, when that happens, like, just remember the little girl in the lemonade stand, okay? And how you would react to her. Like, don't listen to that man. Um, the second fear that I had swimming through my head when I was doing this was like, oh my God, no one's going to buy a calligraphy course for $400. Are you kidding me? Like there are calligraphy courses out there for $20. You know, there's like good ones for $97. Who's going to buy a calligraphy course for $400? And that was probably like my, my sort of deepest fear. But guess what happened? People bought and I think that just goes to show that like, you know, within a certain reasonable range, I mean, you know, probably a million dollars for a custom calligraphy piece, like that's out of the reasonable range, but within a reasonable range, there is an audience for every price point. And like, you can just go into any store and see that, right? Like there are $5 candles and there are $500 candles. And if you took that $5 candle and you put all the packaging and the, you know, luxury, whatever the service behind it for the $500 candle, I don't know. I bet very few people would be able to tell the difference between the $5 one and the $500 one, mm. which just like illustrates, this is something that my business coach told me. 
And it kind of blew my mind and I did not believe her at first. But she said, the only thing you need to do to become a luxury brand is decide that you're going to be a luxury brand. And I was like, what? Don't you have to have like the best product out there? Don't you have to be exponentially better than everyone else in the market to be a luxury brand? But I mean, if you think of the candle analogy, like there are, you know, Louis Vuitton bags that are sold in the Louis Vuitton boutique and you walk in and you get handed a glass of champagne and you get the nice thing boxed up. And then there's the exact same bag that you can buy counterfeit, right? Like made in the exact same factory in China. And it's not necessarily the quality of the product, right? There's a market for that bag and there's a market for the expensive Louis Vuitton bag. And like my experience totally validates this idea. I mean, I started out making individual greeting cards and like custom calligraphy pieces for, you know, $15, $20, selling logos for like $100. And the amount of people that complained and wanted refunds and wanted revisions and asked me for more stuff, like when I was at that price range is so, so different than the price range I'm at now and the sort of the amount of like complaints and stuff that I get. So it's the pricing. It's not about what you're worth. It's about who you're trying to attract and different price points just attract different audiences and different kinds of customers. So that's totally been my experience. That's really good. Basically, it comes down to pricing is subjective to every single person. So just like the 50 cents guy <laughs> with the lemonade, that really speaks more about him than it does about your, your stepdaughter, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it even speaks to like, you know, the 11-year-old, she's not selling just lemonade, right? She's selling the experience of walking up to a really cute lemonade stand and like buying a fresh squeezed glass from, you know, a neighbor, someone from the neighborhood and like being a part of that nostalgia. And like, you can tell that story later to your friends and that lemonade probably tastes a little bit different. Like you're not just selling the lemonade, you know, it's like the whole experience. So, you know, when you get stuck on sort of no one's going to buy it at that price because, you know, I wouldn't buy it at that price maybe, or there are like lots of other people, there are other things out there for lower prices. That doesn't mean that there isn't someone out there who will buy it at that price. It's mm, really good. Okay. So the third fear that was totally in my head, and this is probably the most emotional one was, okay, what if I charge that much and my stuff just isn't good enough? Like, what if I start getting tons of refund requests? What if I get, again, with the hate mail, you know, people emailing me and going, dude, this course is totally not worth $400. Give me my money back. You're a horrible person. You should stop doing calligraphy and go out of business. I'm complaining about you to the Better Business Bureau and I'm telling all my friends goodbye. Like that's the email that wow, I was really- you said that in one breath though. Like, <laughs> I know, because it was so in my head. Like, I'm good. it's going to happen. That's going to happen. So I totally understand that fear. And my approach to that is always to- sort of let the fear go to its most horrendous conclusion, like, which is what I just did, right? That's exactly like the most worst thing that could possibly happen is everybody complains, everybody requests a refund, everybody complains about you all over social media and the Better Business Bureau, and you have to shut down your business, and then you lose all your money and you end up homeless and dying in the street. Like, that's, that's <laughs> the part of your brain. That's what your brain is doing. Like, no, we can't raise our prices because you'll end up 
dying in the street. But if you really look at that, I mean, what are the chances that that's actually going to happen? Like slim to none. You might get a refund request. You might get a comment, but you'll survive that comment and you'll just readjust and like make the improve things and learn to do it better. And how else are you going to learn that unless you actually do it and increase the prices? Mm. That actually goes perfectly into my next question, Sheena, which hey. is, <laughs> when do you know it's the right time to raise your prices? Like, when did you know, you know, like, was it just like an opinion thing when you raised it that $20 the first time? And then when did you like, boom, to get to that, you know, higher price point? So I knew just in my gut and from looking at my student results that I had something that was worth more than what I was selling it for. And it was literally just kind of like listening to students and hearing them say like, hey, I've been able to sell stuff. I've made this much money, you know? So there was a little bit of just like kind of a dollar to dollar comparison there. But it also was just me looking at the market and just continuously doing research. So that the raising your prices, that can be kind of a nebulous question, right? But I like, you know, if you have some hard data, that can really, really help you. So I just never stop learning. I kind of, I sign up for every calligraphy course I can find. I join all the summits. I like, you know, buy workbooks. I look at what other people are doing. And I just was looking around and going, okay, if they're selling this calligraphy course for this much money and I see what the value is there and I see what's in it, okay, I feel more comfortable now raising my prices like to that amount, because I really believe that what I'm giving, you know, has value, is that value. So I would say like going, looking around, like being in your market and doing that research and talking to your customers, that will give you some hard data that you can actually go on. So it's not just like throwing a dart at the board, you know, for your pricing. The second thing is there is, this might not, not necessarily apply to courses, But if you're selling a service, I have heard like if you, again, if you are booking out 100% and you're getting or close to 100% or you're booking so much that you're just, your calendar is totally filled up and you're starting to become overwhelmed and working late at night and you kind of can't keep up, that's a good indication that it's time to raise your prices as well. That's a really good point. And I love how you said when you were were in your first point, like talk to your customers. Um, I remember someone, one of my customers came in and was like, oh, wow, like, this is a really good price. This is like, really cheap. And I was like, oh, my God, that's not what I want to hear. Exactly. Whereas like, you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like really expensive. Like, do people really want to pay $50 for, you know, a hand painted portrait? And then they're like, wow, this is like really affordable. And she was young, too. And I was like, oh, you know, that's probably a good, good indication. Not saying that every single person you have to take into account, but it's so true what you said. It's like, if you have that thought already, like, oh, like maybe there is a lot of value to this. And I feel like I'm devaluing it because of my fear of increasing my prices. Then I think that's something definitely to look over. Yeah. And just adding on to that point, I mean, we're all like everyone listening. We're all probably creatives. Some of this stuff comes a little more naturally to us, or maybe we were always inclined to be creative or like we've been doing it for a while. So we have that skill. You are your, not your own customer. Like I'm a calligrapher. I would never spend $7,000 on a custom calligraphy wedding suite with like calligraphy envelopes because 
I can do it myself, you know? So the way that I look at that service is like, oh, you know, it comes to me fairly naturally. I've been doing it for a long time. It doesn't take that long. It's kind of fun, you know? And like, I don't, I wouldn't pay that much for it. Like that's the wrong place to come from when you're, when you're setting your pricing. The right place is again, like thinking about who it is, that different kind of person, that different audience that you're aiming for. The person who like, they never would do that kind of thing on their own. They're maybe not into art and creativity like that. They really admire people who can do it. And they think you have some sort of magical talent, like people who value the sort of handmadeness and the uniqueness, right? People are willing to pay for that. They value your craft in a way that is so different from the way you value your own craft. So start thinking about it from their perspective and not from just your own. You're like kind of in a bubble of arts and creativity. Mm, Yeah. And that's why it's kind of important to not talk to, I mean, I think it's definitely important to talk to your peers, but know that your peers are likely not your target audience. So. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're learning calligraphy with a friend and you turn to them and say like, hey, how much would you pay for this? Yes. Like probably their answer is going to be like $10. I don't know. I could do it myself. Right. Or don't ask your mom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So how could you go about raising your prices in a way that doesn't scare your audience? Okay. The first thing I will say is it will probably not scare your audience as much as you think. So I totally thought when I was going to raise my price from 187 to 397 that people would notice and be horrified and sort of get up in arms. And you know what? Nobody really said anything. Probably some people noticed, but guess what? You are so close to your own business and your products and your pricing and everything that goes in there. Like, you know, right, what you sold it for before, what you sold it for before then. You understand all that stuff. Most of your people out there, they're not following you that closely. (laughs) And I say this like out of love and not, you know, to disparage you or anything, but people just, they're in their own stuff, you know? They're not watching every single thing you do. And that's great because if you just approach it with like, hey, here's my price probably most people aren't going to notice. So that is my sort of first thought to that question. But another approach, if it does really kind of scare you, maybe you have a smaller audience, you feel like people are kind of watching a little bit more closely and a huge jump would be alarming. You could also raise prices just incrementally, you know, like I did in the beginning. I think you want to push yourself past just the fears holding you back, but you also don't want to go into a place that's so terrifyingly uncomfortable that you feel like absolutely crippled by that pressure. So it is definitely a bit of a balance, Um, but if it's just your fear of like, I'm not good enough holding you back, try pushing that a little bit, a little bit at a time. And, you know, you'll probably see that people won't notice or say anything. Um, And then a third thing, which, you know, if this kind of helps you a little bit, is you could always add to your program or products or services, not anything huge, but add just little improvements that then you can point to and say like, hey, this is why my price is going up. Because, you know, I've added all these things over the years. It's improved a lot, you know, since the previous version, stuff like that. I love those tips. I love those tips in, you know, making yourself feel comfortable if it does feel like really, like really, really like a stretch. So thanks for that, Sheena. 
All right, listeners, that was a lot of amazing mic drop moments. I swear one day Diana and I will actually like buy that sound effect so that we can insert those into the episodes. But really at the end of the day, just remember that you know, no one gets pricing perfect the first round or the first go about it, but you just have to keep on testing the waters. You're definitely not alone. Sheena shared all of her fears and I was definitely nodding throughout those because I've felt those fears as well. And as long as you kind of continue to do the research, get that data, never stop learning, you're going to have all of that data to kind of back up any price increases that you are thinking about. So we're definitely going to leave all of Sheena's information in the show notes. Be sure to follow her if you're not already. So tag us as you're listening to this episode because we want to know what your biggest takeaways are. And like always, we thank you for listening. We'll catch you the next one. 